Hey, Sandy. Hey, Nora. What a week. Yeah, we haven't had a, a media so white talk in a couple of episodes. Nope. Which is too bad because we could do that, everyone. We could do that, everyone. We could have a whole podcast on media so white. Yes. But we've had a media so white week, haven't we? Yes. Yeah. Very, very white. Jagmeet Singh is being asked all kinds of questions or pursued and really racist ways by our media as the first brown man and visibly religious person uh, to lead a major political party in Canada. And there's been all sorts of hot takes about this Mm -hmm. that are coming out. What we want to focus on is what it means we're not even going to focus on the media that much. What we're Well, actually, maybe we will. Let's see how it goes. But what we want to talk about is what does it mean to not just have tokenized, racialized leadership in a political party or in an organization and to actually prepare for uh, a media landscape, for a political landscape that is frankly, unprepared to deal with a racialized person at the helm. I've been watching all of this with interest, and I am confused and disappointed that the NDP seems to have been unprepared to deal with the type of very offensive rhetoric that's being thrown at Jagmeet Singh and the assumptions that are behind... um, all of the questions that he's getting to disavow terrorism or disavow mm. violence or whatever it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. may be. So maybe it's maybe we should back up actually and, and talk about how the media has approached this because I think that might inform the conversation about how the NDP has not done what it needs to do uh, to support its new leader. Mm-hmm. When he was first elected, Singh uh, was on uh, Power and Politics or, or one of CBC's like hyper boring news shows. And uh, Terry Malefsky, who, you know, he's a guy that has been on CBC since I was born. He's retired. So if you challenge him for being a CBC employee, he shoots back to be like, I'm not an employee. And then all of a sudden he's fucking hosting. So it's like, I would love to be a non-CBC employee who also hosts CBC shows. So (laughs) fucking get at me if you're looking to replace Malefsky. I could do a mustache like that, I'm sure. The first interview that he has with, with Singh goes right into Indian politics. And goes right, like, and demands Singh to disavow and distance himself from uh, the architects of the Air India bombing in 1985 uh, and and all of this politics that I personally, I'm like, I don't really know any of this stuff. I don't know what he's talking about. And in the aftermath of that interview, there was it was very interesting because there was camps that formed camps that thought Malevsky was being racist and unfair and camps that that were saying, well, this is fair game. He's a leader of a party and and has spoken uh, in various ways about, I don't know, about genocide in India that, you know, demands to have answers. And I think that this episode is going to kind of examine the, the, the space where those two intersect. Where, you know, is it fair to ask a political leader these questions? You know, is it fair, blah, blah, blah? Is, is, it, is it a problem that CBC is so white? Like, yes. Um, but what is the role of a political party to anticipate this stuff and to get 
the get it right uh, and to support him and to not leave him hanging, which it seems is actually the bigger issue that no one is actually talking about. Yeah, it seems to me like, you know, if they did have a plan, it do, it doesn't it's not readily apparent to me what that plan was. But certainly mm. as a result of that interview on CBC, there should have been a plan coming out of that. Because if it mm-hmm. wasn't going to come out now as a result of uh, the Indian government making um, claims about Jagmeet Singh and uh, perhaps brought on by, you know, Trudeau's failed <laughs> Indian tour. Um, if it wasn't going to come out around now, this type of rhetoric, it was would definitely come out at the time of the election. And so it confuses me that there doesn't seem to have been a um, sophisticated plan uh, to deal with it. But here's the thing, right? Like, um, if you have racialized Black, Indigenous folks who are members of your party, women even, who are members of your party, or members of a political organization who are going to be talking about things on a national stage, yes, they are going to have had some sort of interaction potentially or some sort of action on issues that matter to their community, that perhaps the Canadian media has never anticipated before in a sophisticated manner in a, in a way that they need to. And let's be very clear, the Canadian media is super white, super, super white, so white and so unable to deal with um, issues of anti-blackness, issues that matter to about of racism that matter to folks within our community, let alone uh, issues that might matter to migrant communities because they're happening overseas or whatever. Our media landscape is completely unable at this point to do that. And that has been demonstrated time and time again. I have personal experience with that. That's just the way it is. And so we need to obviously place a lot of blame on the media there for sure. But we also need to make sure that Uh, racialized folks are supported, that women are supported, that Black and Indigenous people are supported if they are going to be taking on this, you know, really difficult representative step, because the effects of what this could do is to discourage racialized folks from being involved in politics uh, whatsoever, because if they see something like this, and they see the type of the huge risk that they're taking by being involved in politics, and see that mm, doesn't look like anyone's going to be having my back out here. But it also is just like a bad political strategy because you have someone who has to get through to the Canadian electorate through this racist barrier, mm-hmm. and they they can't like. This is what is what I'm confused by is that the NDP seems to be trying to play a very mediatic game. That's a French term. So did sorry, you just say real mediatic? Word, they they mediatic mediatic. <laughs> so <laughs> like they are they are trying to um, they are trying to put forward Singh's image, right? Everything about Singh is about his image from the from the party uh, to Canadian press, right? From to, from his from his engagement where all the press was in, invited, which was like, OK, uh, to focusing on what he wears, focusing on how he wraps his turban, focusing on the fact that he's stylish. Like these are these are surface representations that you got away with doing with someone like Jack Layton because he's also a white guy mm-hmm. and boring. Right. <laughs> and so what what happens when journalists start going after 
anybody uh, who has these connections that, that you that you talked about or the connections that Singh talks about, like, why aren't his answers airtight or why are why aren't. Uh, they uh, why the, the 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 Globe and Mail article that he put out. Uh, a lot of people are saying, why didn't this come out months ago? Like these issues all came up during the NDP leadership race, mm-hmm. and I feel like it was easier for a lot of people to say that's racist and then not deal with it, and then I don't know, hope that it wasn't going to come out again, like when he was elected. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I just I and I also mm, mm, yeah that the Globe and Mail article in which uh, Jagmeet Singh puts out his statement about his thoughts are on all this. Like I don't want to get into the specifics of it. You know, like that's their strategy if that's what they wanted to do. If that's what they wanted to do. But what I what I don't understand about that it was that it seemed to me like previously the the strategy was like we're not gonna justify this like actually we don't need to talk about this and I wish I so wish that that had been the hard line that was just continued like that instead there was this Mm. walking back that happened like I just I wish that they had you know remained with that like be like let's get a whole bunch of people to stand around uh, and say that this is unacceptable and we're not going to accept this uh this type of questioning this type of rhetoric where we're essentially telling Singh to prove to us that he is not a terrorist before he uh, gets involved in uh, Canadian politics. And that is by virtue of him being a brown man who is visibly religious. Like, mm-hmm. do we ask Andrew Shear to make sure that, you know, to prove to us that he is not uh, a racist Nazi sympathizer before getting involved in Canadian politics, even though he has ties to people who work for like Rebel Media and so on, whatever it is, Rebel Media. I don't know why I said Rebel. Oh gosh, <laughs> <clears throat> I do know why I said Rebel. That's a story for another time. <laughs> for Rebel Media, uh, who you know are proud of their uh, their open white supremacy. No, we do not. We don't do that, and that's because there's an acceptance of of white men as, you know, uh, nuanced, blah, you know, complicated, blah, 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 whatever. Um, And they can get away with things like that. But Jagmeet Singh needs to prove to us that he is not a terrorist. Like, no, I think that I really wish that they had been uh, prepared with a communication strategy that was like, we're taking a hard line on this. We haven't walked walked back before on this stuff. And we're not we're not about to do it now. Like right. all of these headlines that are coming out are so hilarious. Like no, none of the headlines are saying Jagmeet Singh has said this terrible thing or Jagmeet Singh supports this particular person. It's like ridiculous headlines like and I'm going to read something that I retweeted from uh, Sean Craig on on Twitter um, NDP leader Jagmeet Singh linked to Sikh rapper who promotes independent homeland. Like, what? What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> what are we? What is this? The right. hell kind of headlines are these? You would never see a headline like that about Sheer, about. Because um, he doesn't listen to rap music. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he does other offensive things about Justin Trudeau, who is um, from Quebec. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, and no, you, yeah. you, you had a very interesting analysis of this that I've seen started to get taken up. Mm-hmm. That uh, is also a consideration that people haven't discussed. 
when I'm thinking about these issues, uh, a lot of times I like to wonder, like, what is the mainstream political message that we're operating within? Like, why why is Molesky so obsessed with this? And Sandy Garasimo, uh, for the National Observer, she talked about that everyone in Canada of a certain age remembers the Air India bombing. And so there's like this weird ownership over this issue that doesn't really have a corollary. Which is weird because, of course, uh, you know, we can talk about residential schools and how, like, Senator Lynn Bayak is directly connected to running residential schools and how they're a tool of genocide. And she's still, like, in her seat as a senator, right? Like, mm-hmm. the double standard, does, it, doesn't, it doesn't work. But one of the things that's been common from so many white male commentators is, is this idea that siding with anyone for self-determination is a problem or is wrong. And I think that that, that is, is really at play. So like number one is, is racism. There's no question about that. But number two, which is related to racism, we cannot give credence to anybody that is supporting self-determination because in Canada... We have self-determination struggles that have been violent, that may be violent, uh, and that where their violence is on the side of the state in a way that is profound, in a way that has resulted in millions of people who have been killed, and in a way that perpetuates itself to this day, trying to erase language, Mm -hmm. stealing children from their parents. Uh, underfunding, systemic underfunding, systemic health problems, systemic blocking people to have access to, to life-saving anything, right? And so mm-hmm. the, 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 the commentariat has an interest in making a show or making an issue out of someone who openly says, I support the self-determination of, and then blank. And then that blank has to be a group of people for whom like NATO isn't fighting for self-determination, right? Like, uh, and, and so, and this, this, you can see this everywhere. It's, it's, it's the only way to explain Israel-Palestine coverage, right? Where Palestinian liberation is seen as completely unacceptable or unreasonable or violent uh, to, at, at all costs, maintain our support in the state of Israel because Israel looks so similar to, to what Canada does and is doing, right? Yeah, yeah. This is a dynamic that you see all the time. In, in the Canadian media. There is no one in Canadian mm-hmm. media who will say, actually, people do have the right to self-determination. Actually, armed political struggle happens all the time. <laughs> like, what are we, why are we talking about it as if this is so against our Canadian sensibilities? Like, how the fuck do you think that the planes were cleared, yeah. right? What, yeah. Why do you think that the military and police carry guns, right? Like, we we live in such a backwards society where you can nail a turban wearing brown man for saying he supports someone's self determination, mm-hmm. and we completely ignore the 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 profound profound oppression and profound destruction and and death that we perpetuate every single fucking day. And so I I am interested in this discussion about how the NDP could better support him or how the NDP could better support a candidate who's not a white male. But 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 the the side of of Canada that is like holy fuck Quebec could Quebec could separate like the, this the sovereignty movement is not dead it's just it's dead in English Canada because like I'm like the only English person that talks about it like in a way that's not opposed right <laughs> Indigenous rising is happening it is going to be for these guys 
ugly. I'm not saying it's going to be violent. I'm not saying that there's going to be people dying because the death comes from the other side. The death comes from our side, my side, the the side of the Canadian government, the side of white people who have always used that approach to try and get mm-hmm. what they need, which is indigenous communities to not exist. So that, that's how I see that's how I see this discussion and how I especially because Singh's response for why he was at this rally uh, in San Francisco has actually been his consistent response in French. Mm, OK, that's interesting. OK. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When whenever anyone asks him about the, the national question in, in, in French, he says, you know, I, re, I, I support people's right to self-determination. And I've been frankly very surprised that no one in English Canada has picked up on it and, and hasn't made an issue out of it, uh, because I have always thought that his line was not really in line with the, the NDP. The Sherbrooke de- Declaration, which is the NDP's official policy on Quebec right now, isn't exactly like I support self-determination like it's a little bit well self-determination in itself is is literally like i support quebec independence right so i the singh has been saying this consistently and it's the same line that he used um to talk about uh at this at this rally i don't really understand why now it's becoming such an issue other than they're able to link two issues together they're able to make sure that the that the that the narrative remains such that uh, there is not a national political leader talking about independence of anybody. And it's even better that Singh fits the uh, a stereotype, a racist stereotype, right, in, in these in these people's minds. And they have the cover of the Air India bombing to be able to continue this line of, of questioning as if it's as if it's completely legitimate. Mm hmm. So we started off talking about um, how the NDP has dropped the ball to make sure that that they've that they've supported Singh, and I'm I'm actually very interested in this because I'm I, I suspect that there will be people listening saying, okay, well then what should we do? So aside from sticking to that to the line, you know, picking that line and sticking to the line, like how else can uh, the NDP support someone who uh, is is going to be the the target of attacks if they're from an identity that's just not represented within the political structure? Mm-hmm. Very good question. I think that the first things first uh, and foremost for not just the NDP, but for any party who's serious about this type of thing, you need to become an anti-racist party. Like you actually have to, from the inside out, be willing to deal with issues of racism that exist in your party. And it, it, they do exist. I, you know, I've never been to an NDP convention. I don't know what it's like, but I have spoken to many, many people who have unloaded on me what it's been like uh, to be a a racialized person, a black person, an indigenous person, a person with a disability, and so on at a convention and feel as though your identity is part of a political strategy and not necessarily something that, you know, is connected to a, a true desire to, to really change the way that the Canadian I don't know, whatever political system or like the Canadian society or whatever, you know, government deals with issues of justice. And so that would be number one. Uh, You need to have some sort of strategy, an anti-racist strategy for within the party itself. Mm. Beyond that, like and that's that's the long game, right? That's looking into a long game of that means changing what your policies are. That means changing what your um both your policies, both internally, but also your political strat policies, your political strategies. It means being courageous about certain things. Um, you know, people are forever going to be feeling disappointed about uh, how 
the Palestine me- motion went in the last convention, for example. And, you know, the, the NDP needs to be create courageous about actually dealing with issues of race and, and racism and to make sure that there is like trust around the NDP or any other political party who wants to deal with this or organization to make sure that there's trust around a political party dealing with issues of anti-racism in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, beyond that, in like in the short game, like you need to make sure that you've got people already well-placed to be writing op-eds, to be talking to media, uh, to be strategizing with media, to be standing next to Singh, uh, to to be the ones to reply if it's not going to be Singh, because if it's too offensive for Singh to, to reply, then maybe he shouldn't be replying. Maybe it should be somebody else. Like, I think that there needs to be a whole vision, a whole team on how to deal with these uh, particular things in the same way that you would have a team around other issues, uh, other communication issues um, that you may want to deal with for, you know, I don't know, any other hot button issue. Maybe it might be, maybe you have a team that develops policy and is the communications team around healthcare or around childcare. You're going to need to have one around his identity because his identity is going to be an issue for a especially, especially in the elections. You can't just think about it as a party thing. If this is something where you want to be at the fore in terms of society, you cannot think about it as a party thing. You have to make sure that there are people who are already prepped, ready to go prior to the election uh, to be responding to this stuff um, in the news, online, in social media, whatever. It shouldn't just be him alone. It shouldn't come as a surprise. It should be a, a deployment strategy that's ready to go right off, you know, at the ready, <laughs> ready to go whenever, you know, 100 percent. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and also, I think that that the NDP, especially all political parties, but the NDP especially needs to drop its obsession with the way that they vet candidates, mm-hmm. because because that that also plays into this, right? That you know, oh, this this bit of a skeleton in his closet. They they obviously would have done the full kind of searches into his background, but just thinking about what this means for any proper activist to get into the NDP, mm-hmm. like you just you just can't pass their smell test if there's if they're so afraid of anything coming out of the woodwork because they'll they'll link you to violence or they'll link you to terrorism or whatever right so like looking at Singh Singh's a trail a trailblazer for a lot of reasons within the NDP but how the party apparatus manages this stuff does send signals to people because you know i, I can only imagine Sandy if you uh, ran for something at some point like journalists <laughs> would have a heyday to some extent, actually, it would be amazing because you'd just be like, sorry, whatever. And every <laughs> interview would go like that. <laughs> I'd roll my eyes many times. On yeah, well, I know words. you couldn't do radio. <laughs> <laughs> D- during the, the, the election period, like this obsession with nominations and making sure that people are, are squeaky clean, like squeaky clean or non-problematic or whatever tends to just be synonymous with like straight white guy right like because that has been made acceptable more acceptable than anything else and this is not going to go away like this is going to continue to dog 
sing. There's no question about that. You know, what does the NDP have a strategy for how it's going to manage racist stuff on his signs or, you know, racist comments in, in, in social media, like before the election? Part of what I would be worried about is who is making these decisions too? I, you know, the, the staff isn't that diverse, right? Mm-hmm. Do you, do you kind of smugly just say, oh, that's just a racist idiot uh, and kind of brush someone off? Or are you actually going to start to confront some of this stuff? Because mm-hmm. if you continue, like during the, 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 um, the race for the leadership, there was a lot of kind of smug smugness trying to call out racism, but not really calling it racism. And so it just kind of let stuff fester. And so like for one example that I was directly involved with was I I made a comment about how the NDP's promise to lower auto insurance rates by 15% was a terrible promise because it wasn't changing anything. They couldn't even get it off the ground and whatever. And someone said that I was racist because I was uh, ignoring the fact that most of the people that drive are racialized people. It affects people in 905. And it was just kind of like, can we get a little bit like better at this? Because it's just it's just a bad strategy, right? It's like, how do we talk about these issues that also tries to bring people into the camp? Because he has a tough hill to climb. And it's going to take some very intense on the ground organizing. And it has to be anti-racist organizing, targeting communities that are probably very racist. And I, I don't see any evidence of that kind of work coming from the party. Instead, it's a lot of hoping that people are inspired by him. And that's just not how politics works, you know? Well, that's very interesting. There's two things there. Like, I, I don't necessarily agree that it's a bad idea to just call people racist. Gen- like, it depends on what the outcome is that you want. So we, we could talk about that for a little bit. But one thing that I want to say before we get there is, like, the stakes in this are such that, like, if you want to engage people who are from racialized communities from black community from indigenous community and that are popular in those communities and are involved in those communities you are going to be dealing with people who have done something controversial like just (laughs) (laughs) you that is it yes (laughs) it's just it's like if you are are trying to engage people from marginalized communities you're going to be engaging people who have done something that in the in the majority, in the eyes of the majority of, in, of the state who are looking at it, might have some sort of poo-poo on it because mo- generally in these communities we are we are looking for justice. We're trying to change the way that the system works, and there's mm-hmm. always going to be pushback on that. And so the thing the thing that you're mentioning is so important. It's like yeah, if you're going to be bringing people. Uh, or engaging people and in not in a tokenistic way and to make and making sure that they are actually um, people who can run and people who can be a part of the leadership and running a party or an organization or whatever it is, you have to become in some ways controversial yourself. Like you have to be okay with that. You need to be what I'm calling for here is politically, uh, you need to be politically principled. This is basically what I'm saying. You can't yes. play a neutral line yeah. on so many of our issues. It's just not possible. And so you have to be be ready to be there to respond to those issues. It can't be a touch and go, well, it can't be like, a, oh, yeah, well, we, you know, like, I don't know, like, maybe we do support um, Chief Saunders but we also don't like carding. Like, it can't be this kind of, like, mm, hem and ha. you got to take a, a stand yeah. on whether or not you support 
the community that we're talking about. This is actually where the right shows us what to do. You think Doug Ford gives a rat's ass about what people think about him? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like he's going to take controversial positions because he doesn't care. He doesn't. And, and, and he will tell journalists to go to hell because he doesn't care. And I can imagine that NDP activists listening will be like, yeah, but we're the NDP. We don't have the same uh, support of the journalists or the support of media. But it's like... So, like, you you have to... That's what trailblazing is doing, right? And it can't just be... Yeah, neither did the Canadian Alliance. Yeah, it can't just be Jagmeet. It has to be other people within the party doing the same thing, supporting him, making space for other people who aren't him as well, right? Let's let's diversify who's talking on behalf of the party, mm-hmm. right? The party's centralized under Mulcair. It doesn't have to remain as central under Singh. It can, it can be changed. It can have regional uh, people speaking or provincial speaking. Anyway, whatever. Lots of great opportunities to change things there. And what's important also that you mentioned there is like the long game, because all of the things that have been become like really popular for a conservatives uh, to talk about now the the like i hate using the word populist for so many reasons but the populist way that they've uh, polarized the the political landscape was a long game yes uh, it started with a lot you know the reform party and the canadian alliance where way back then a lot of the stuff that they're saying now sounded wild and people were making fun of them would openly make fun of these yeah. parties it is the same stuff that's being talked about today. It was a long game that the conservatives played to be able to to shift everything to the right to talk about some of these things. Now, what Nora's uh, rightly talking about and what we're kind of calling for is for the left to do the, like, take the principled positions. It might sound wild. Like, you know, I think the first uh, interview I ever did where I had to talk about anti-black racism, someone was like, oh, what? Like, what is that? That was very funny. <laughs> Please explain. It was like a, it was like a, such a radical, weird thing that nobody could talk about. But now everybody in this country knows what it is. Every media person talks about it as uh, something that is important to discuss. And the fucking prime minister knows now as of this last uh Black History Month, that it's something that he needs to know about and address. And that doesn't happen Mm. from people being like, oh, no, we can't actually say anti-black racism. People might not find that. People might find that weird. Yeah, sure. They found it weird until they couldn't ignore it anymore. And then they had to talk about it. And I'm, you know, let's play this long game. It wasn't even that long. It only no, took, it was only like three years. Like, yeah, it was just <laughs> like, like three years to make it a thing that everybody has to talk about, right? Like it doesn't need to be that long, but you should be taking the principled positions if you want to support people from marginalized communities who are uh, attempting to be involved in leadership and policymaking and what have you in the political party organization. Mm-hmm. Okay. And call the other thing. Yeah. Calling people racist. Go. I'm very afraid that the NDP targets people too narrowly. And so what I mean by that is, like, I think that there's a they're not necessarily playing as broad as possible and avoiding uh, certain people who on paper probably would be the first to be the most racist. Right. And so how do you talk to those people? Can you win those people over? Should the NDP even try? And this, I, I think this just goes back to the question of short game versus long game, right? Because in some cases, you know, you go to rural southern Ontario, you're not probably going to win those ridings. Does it make sense to have Singh spend a lot of time there? No, he's not probably going to get their votes. 
yet. But if you are imagining like engaging with people who are straight up racist, uh, this is, I think, where uh, the question of being an anti-racist party comes in, because it's not about him. It's not about the leadership engaging with these people, but it's actually about the NDP engaging with these people and, and talking to people who might not vote for the NDP now, but like you organize to set everything up in a row so that when something happens, people are ready to vote for the party. This was this was kind of like this the that 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 smugness that I saw people were just dismissing some people online within the NDP race. A lot there was a lot of racism, so absolutely that's the most important thing to say. But sometimes rather than engaging with these issues, it was just kind of like, well, you're racist, so this is a waste of my time. And it's like, sorry, this is in your own fucking party. <laughs> like it's not a waste of time. You have to figure out how to talk to these people first because if you can't talk to people in your own party who are racist, you're not going to be able to talk to people who are not in your party who are racist. Aha. Uh-huh. So yeah, I totally agree with that there. I mean, me, like I'm constantly, like, I would totally say that someone's racist or whatever and just leave it at that. But as, as someone on the outside and especially like, you know, you know, I don't need to be spending my time doing all this stuff. Like I have, there's better ways that my strategy, like that I could be used or whatever in terms strategically in my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, but I understand what you're saying. What you're saying is like that it, the analysis has to be done of like, whether or not uh, this is someone who who has the capacity to to uh, learn or unlearn or however you want to talk about it or change, mm-hmm. and I think that that speaks to the role of a political party uh, not just to win and become government, but also to be a force for cho- social change and to to change society. And there's a whole strategy, different strategies that can be taken to do things like that. Mm-hmm. And again, that involves. Uh, taking a long view, playing the long game, if if you want to 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 truly change the culture of society around things like the race, um, and you know, right now I don't know that there's any political party that's doing that. Like, there's certainly organizations on the ground who are doing things like that to change culture of society to make it such you know like a better place for. A certain communities to live but I don't think that there's any political parties that are currently doing that and you know you mm-hmm. well actually I you know what the conservatives are doing that for sure the conservatives have definitely changed um uh, political culture to change the way that we have to live around particular things not for the better but they've definitely taken the long game of <laughs> of changing political culture and of changing culture on the ground especially in particular areas like uh, more rural areas they don't tend to focus on urban areas and you know the NDP could take a long game and and do the same thing and I think that you know when I see everything that happened in the last week if there are anybody in the party that's listening to us and thinks that, you know, we're just not, you know, like we have important things to say, <laughs> seriously consider, you know, doing some of that work to become like a, a real anti like anti-racist party from the inside out. And in a force, like actually doing that work, because, you know, and, and both of us are involved in the labor movement. We would say the same thing to unions, oh, right? Like that. if it unions. is not get it together. let's do this thing please (laughs) become anti-racist sorry go ahead i just needed to put a little exclamation point on that one yeah like if it's not coming from you like where the fuck is it going to come from and if it's not coming from you 
you are going to be up against a massive wall of racist bullshit from now until the next election. Like, I, 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 I'm wondering at what level is this just like political strategists who are mostly white who are like, OK, we just need to do X, Y and Z and this is going to be how we win the next election versus, OK, the party made a historic decision in electing Singh. It was a historic decision. People say that in the party all the time. Mm-hmm. Do you know what that means? <laughs> like, yeah, it, it that, may also be a symptom of not understanding like how how bad racism can get. Like thinking maybe. that okay, that's just racist, and we're not and we're not going to think about it. We're going to you know focus on our policy and our line. You can't. You actually have to focus on this. You have to have a plan around it. It's going to get yeah. real bad. It's going to get really really bad. Yeah, you have to have a plan. Yeah, yeah, and and the potential for missteps uh, is like makes it even more dangerous Mm. and that's and that's where the the strategic side comes in it's like sure you can strategically try to avoid all this stuff but the better strategy would be no you turn your membership and your grassroots mobilizing into a force that can actually have these conversations you train uh people to talk to people to win arguments and you don't avoid talking to people like to certain people like you go and you talk Mm -hmm. to everybody you know, there's there's been precedents for this in the United States, at least, where, you know, you have a bunch of firsts elected and there it might be worth like, I don't know what you'll learn, but it might be worth taking a look at how communities supported the firsts who were elected. And I'm not even talking about Obama. I just realized that that might be something that people were assuming. Um, but I'm talking about folks like Ilhana Omar, um, who is the first Somali-American Muslim elected to office uh, as a legislator in the U.S. Take a look at how uh, she was supported when racism was being levied against her. Let's take a look at other places. You know, there's other places where there have been firsts. I think we should take a serious look at some of that stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. And by we, I mean you, because I'm not going to do that. (laughs) But... I understand that there's there's a little bit of uniqueness and newness in this particular case. I get that. Uh, but it's I really hope at least that that cursory look at other jurisdictions has been done in order to learn what worked and what didn't. It might be a good idea to reach out to some of those politicians to, to learn what works and what di- doesn't. Because it's not just the party and uh, the communities around the party. It's the individual uh, himself. Like, I, I can't imagine what it must be like. It must be personally difficult. And so, yeah, just do a little bit of work. Like, take it seriously enough. Like, understand that it's going to be serious, because it is. Take yep. it seriously enough that you do a little bit of research, put some teams together, start thinking about how to change the party. All of those things need to be done. Yeah, and and, and work work every contact you have within the, within the media to have these debates with your journalist contacts every contact right like these people these people can be changed (laughs) no they can't (laughs) some of them i mean (laughs) look you know what though like reach out to certain contacts that you might have uh who might be the the racialized the very few racialized folks in media if you do look over some of the stuff that was reported in the last week over all of this frenzy consistently the best were folks from racialized communities who had who probably knew a little bit more about the situation than others, I don't know, but certainly knew that there was a way to present it that would be different than the panel of white guys on CBC's Power and Politics. Ooh, that was a bad, bad panel. <laughs> <laughs> Media, a pro tip, no more four white people panels. You know, it's just it's just obvious at this point. Just, oh, I it's know. Just, 
It's just so lazy. It's like, like we can screen cap that shit. Come on. We've been screen capping that shit. I know. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> 